0: Good morning for Friday, March eleventh, two 2011, Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. In today's front page headlines, Gaddafi offensive deals rebels a blow. Pragmatic emphasis for Obama in the Mideast, and in unions battle, Democrats see a gift in Wisconsin. In today's national headlines, for a man with a past, ranch life ends in cuffs. Cuts to Head Start show a challenge of fiscal restraint. And Terror Hearing, a harsh light. In today's business headlines, reports push shares down across the globe. U.S. regulators reach an agreement with a J&J unit. And Chief Financial Officer of General Motors steps down. There will be more business stories, more national and world news too. The latest from the sports page and New York Times columnist Paul Krugman. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top story is written from Ras Lanuf, Libya. It's titled "Qaddafi Offensive Deals Rebels a Blow." It's reported by Anthony Shadid. The momentum shifted decisively Thursday in an uprising that has shaken Colonel Muammar al-Qaddafi's four decades of rule, as rebels filed from the strategic refinery town under a sustained land, air, and sea assault by government forces. The fighting was a stark illustration of the asymmetry of the conflict, pitting protesters-turned-rebels against a military with far superior arms and organization, and a willingness to prosecute a vicious counterattack against its own people. Usually, ebullient rebels acknowledged withdrawing Thursday, even as the fledgling opposition leadership in Benghazi scored diplomatic gains with France's recognition of it, as the legitimate government and senior American officials promised to talk with its leaders. We are coming, Qaddafi's son Saif al-Islam told reporters in Tripoli. Western nations took new steps to isolate the Qaddafi government, but the measures stopped well short of any sort of military intervention. The cautious response underscored what is at stake in a race against time in the most chaotic and unpredictable of the uprisings to shake the Arab world, whether the opposition can secure more international recognition and a no-flight zone to blunt Qaddafi's offensive, before rebel lines crumble in the coastal oil towns west of Benghazi. "'It's tough these days,' said Mohammed Adelhouni, a 25-year-old fighter at the front. "'There's no comparison between our weapons and theirs. They're trained. They're organized.' Only days ago, rebels were boldly promising to march on Sirte, Gaddafi's hometown, then on to Tripoli, where opposition leaders predicted its residents would rise up. But the week has witnessed a series of setbacks, with a punishing government assault on Zawiya near the capital and a reversal of fortunes in towns near Ras whose refinery makes it a strategic economic prize in a country blessed with vast oil reserves. There was a growing sense among the opposition, echoed by leaders in opposition held Benghazi and rebels on the front, that they could not single-handedly defeat Qaddafi's forces. We can't prevail unless there's a no-fly zone, said Anis Mabruk, a 35-year-old fighter. Give us the cover and we'll go all the way to Tripoli and kill him. That seemed unlikely, though. Even without warplanes, Gaddafi's government could still marshal far superior tanks, armor and artillery, along with the finances and organization to prosecute a counteroffensive. As each day passes, anger among the rebels grows at what they have described as inaction on the part of the international community, and in particular the United States." Obama and Gaddafi are the same, one fighter, Mohammed McGrath, said, at a medical clinic about an hour from the front, as ambulances ferried some of the dead and wounded in the fighting.